Good day to you, spook friends, and welcome back <laughs> to Spook Box, the podcast where three flatmates attempt to address the trauma of lockdown by spelunking their way through horror movies. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. Uh, I am Dav, your host for the week, uh, and as always, I'm joined by Heather. Hi there, everyone. And L.A. Conwar. Wow. Where's my nickname? Jeez. That's fine. Well, what about just joined by uh, one of the Heathers? One of the Heathers? That's okay. That's all right. Heather doesn't even like the film Heathers. No, but I don't know why. Mm. I need to revisit it. I've not seen it. Mm, That's okay. That's all right. Well, you have seen this week's film. I suppose I have, yeah. So that's that's a big (laughs) help. Uh, And speaking of which, we are looking at the 2005 film The Descent, directed and written by Neil Marshall. Um, Guys, before I hop into a summary, I wondered, did we watch the film? Did we enjoy the film? <laughs> Did you watch the Did film? Did you watch it? At this point in the year and the sanity or what little of it people have left, like, I think it's a good question. Like, did you... Did you do the thing? Are you okay? Did you watch the <laughs> yeah. film? Did you manage to do <laughs> the We thing? did. Oh, yeah. We certified did. I actually um, watched it twice. You watched it twice, yes. Connor, so that means you should go first. Sure thing. With um, your thoughts. Yeah, no, so I watched it the first time, and um, okay, so spoiler warning from this point on, uh, we're going full spoilers. Yeah, we're going to be talking about oh, the entire film, so yeah, if you haven't yeah. seen it, then do go and watch it. Go watch yes. it. Let anyone, as in the words of Roger Ebert, don't let anyone tell you what happens in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, After yeah. After he talks about the film for approximately <laughs> 250 words. So. <laughs> well, I, I had that uh, exact situation. Like, so I, the first time I watched the film, I watched it with you. Um, we saw in this amazing venue called Our Living Room. Uh, which was very ambient. Um, One of the only thriving businesses yeah, during this so, yeah. period. Can I just well say, yeah, yeah, our living room is like gangbusters, really up room. there. Yeah. You can never get a seat normally. It's, yeah, it's vibing. <laughs> so, in there. Um, yeah, so I, I watched in our living room with you, and the first thing you said to me was, This is a film about mole people. Yeah, that is the first thing I saw. So I was just on my on the edge of my seat. But the you already whole time. knew it was. Um, and for that, I'm sorry. Filmed in Scotland, so <laughs> surely you already knew it had mole people in it. No, no, no. I so honestly, I was I was waiting for mole people. I was a wee bit confused because it seemed, and and this is my my genuine opinion of the film as a whole is that I feel that it is there's a really great film buried pun intended, uh, buried somewhere amidst all the mole people bullshit. Yeah. And I am sorry that I told you there was mole people in it. Yeah. By the way. What's your opinion of the movie on a mole? (laughs) (laughs) On the mole? Not on the whole, but on the mole. On the mole. What's your opinion? What's my opinion on the mole? (laughs) We were quick fire with the jokes to begin with, but now I I think it's just downhill from here. Really? Oh my God. Wait, there's another one. (laughs) This this conversation has hit the pits. It really it has. has. And we're just we're doing an evening recording sesh, and we're like full of the vibes. Oh man, you just keep digging. Uh, you just keep. I true that. Oh, this has collapsed. Um, this, we're out of rope. This, this whole conversation. We're out of, rope. We're out of our depth. Should have sent a canary down first. <laughs> what? I wish Mine's... that was in the film though. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> doesn't really work. Like, right straight off the bat, off the I top of the dome. Yeah. I got a really good energy from it at first, like silly energy, like Final Destination energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Knew someone was going to cop it in the first five, ten minutes. It was just like that sort <laughs> of like true, yeah. TV movie vibe. Um, so up for that. Like really was then impressed by it as it continued to set the tone of this trauma and then it's going to be about a woman 
dealing with the aftermath of trauma, which isn't like the setting of a lot of films yeah. or not enough, I would say. And at this stage, we should, we should clarify that you did not know anything about any mole people. Didn't know anything about mole people other well. than my fellow mm. um, nationals of Scotland. Oh yeah, yeah, God. yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm a mole person. Like, I get it. You know, we'd get no sunlight. Like, I feel an affinity with the... With the mole people. The, with the mole people in this movie. I'm you like... actually hunt by sound as well. So. I hunt by sound. <laughs> I have no vitamin D. Um, Socky Hall Street. Terrible by teeth. Sound. Like, I get it. So, but no, like, the the... It was really disappointing when it took, like a xena turn and i never thought mm. that would be disappointed by like an something. episode of x files basically yeah but i just i thought this was something else i thought this was yeah. a movie about trauma and then i started to try and remedy that tension and say well okay this is still a movie about trauma but it's about trauma related to mole people what do these mole people represent and it's hard not to think that in a film with like an all-female cast the mole people are men right Okay, okay. Well, you know, we can get into all that. Mm. Uh, So the general consensus is... Just going to leave that hanging. Just going to leave that hanging. (laughs) You're like, okay. I I don't think we we shouldn't give the game away. I think we should get into that as soon as I get this summary done. So the general vibe is... Meh. Meh. And, oh, and then meh. Um, Yeah, it's like a weird fusion cuisine. Uh You know, it's like a jalapeno marmalade. It's kind of like... Both yeah. things on their own good yeah. together. Why? You yeah. know? Sure. That's how sure. I feel about this movie. Banana pizza. Cool. But cool. I don't hate it. And cool. maybe it's good for someone. So Sure. All right. So let's jump right in. On their way back from whitewater rafting with, with her friends Juno and Beth, Sarah, along with her husband Paul and their daughter Jessica, are involved in a car accident when Paul is distracted. Paul and Jessica are killed, but Sarah survives. One year later, Sarah, Juno and Beth, as well as friends Sam, Rebecca and newcomer Holly are reunited at a cabin in the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina for a spelunking adventure. The next day, they hike up to a cave entrance and descend. After the group moves through a narrow passage, it collapses behind them, trapping them. After a heated discussion, Juno admits that she has led the group into an unknown cave system instead of the established cave system that they had originally planned to visit. And so rescue is therefore impossible. As the group presses forward with hopes of finding an exit, they discover aged climbing equipment and an ancient cave painting, the best bit of the film, that mm. suggests an exit exists. Holly, the Werner Herzog bit of yeah, the movie. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, very well preserved, though, well, you've got to admit. It was Wasn't extremely it? well preserved, really, but, really well but preserved. not a lot of UV light down there. So, nah, mm. yeah, you couldn't tell. So then how the hell did any of the cave people do that painting? I don't think it was the mole people that did it. I think it was like... But that's Connor's question. Like, so, clearly the mole people didn't do it. Yeah, but like, um, you know... Who was living down there? Like, doing, um, and how could they see... Well early Homo sapiens fire. and then they got... Fire, fire, there you go. And then they got killed by <laughs> the, the mole people. I love the idea that Gosh. one of the mole people did that painting last week. There is, an like, art, there is an art scene in Scotland, Connor. Just, just, I know you cannot believe that it... I don't know you think it's too dark. Anywhere I know you think it's too dark, but like we have an art scene, I okay? just love the idea that of a mole person being like, I'm experimenting with primitivism. <laughs> yeah. Holly, believing she sees sunlight, runs ahead, but falls down a hole and breaks her leg. As the others help Holly, Sarah wanders off and comes across a den of animal bones and is suddenly attacked by a quote-unquote crawler, or what I'd like to call a, a mole man, a humanoid, a humanoid <laughs> creature 
is, uh, that is mostly, wait, wait, the mostly blind and hunts through sound like a bat. Oh, Holly I hated that is, line so much. <laughs> Why? Like, like bats. Oh, God. Like bats. It was just so, you just don't need that, um, that simile. Do you know what I mean? Or, You're already going like, like a bat. <laughs> watching the film. Because, you know, if you loved it, as, if you loved the reveal as much as I did. Holly is killed by a crawler. Afraid, Sarah runs and falls down a hole. There's a lot of falling in holes. Uh, where she is knocked unconscious. Juno, trying to prevent Holly's body from being dragged away, kills a crawler with her pickaxe, but then, startled and in shock, accidentally strikes Beth through the neck. Best bit of the film? Oh, it's fucking vibey, isn't it? It's like, a shocker. Oh. Yeah, it yeah. is kind of a shocker. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think maybe, yeah, maybe that that's kind of, uh, I don't know. One of the sort of redeeming factors about this film, yeah. in a sense. I, would, I wanted the director to walk out from the side of the, side of the frame with that bent like, yeah, you didn't see that shit coming, did you? <laughs> did it. I'm so good. That just happened. Filmmaking right now. <laughs> I'm nailing it. I think you'll agree, cast and audience. Uh, Beth collapses with Juno's pendant in her hand and begs Juno not to leave her, but a trauma- traumatized Juno flees. Sarah awakens to find herself in a den of human and animal carcasses, witnessing Holly's body being mauled and eaten by a group of crawlers. Juno discovers cave markings that point to a specific path through the caves. Juno locates Sam and Rebecca, and Juno tells them about the markings she discovered, but she will not leave without Sarah. Meanwhile, Sarah encounters Beth, who tells her that Juno wounded, then abandoned her. Beth gives her Juno's pendant, which Sarah recognizes as a gift from Paul, and realizes that Juno had been having an affair with Paul before his death. Beth begs Sarah to euthanize her, which Sarah reluctantly does by bashing her head in with a rock. Sarah then encounters a group of crawlers and manages to kill them all, falling into a blood-filled pond in the process and emerging covered in blood. Elsewhere, Juno, Sam, and Rebecca are persuaded by a large group of uh, uh, pursued by a large group of crawlers. Mm. The group reaches a chasm and Sam tries to climb across, but she encounters a crawler scaling the ceiling. The crawler attacks and rips her throat out but Sam stabs it before bleeding to death in front of Juno and Rebecca. Rebecca is then dragged away and eaten alive as Juno escapes. Juno encounters Sarah and lies to her about seeing Beth die. After defeating a group of crawlers close to the exit, Sarah confronts Juno, revealing the pendant and her knowledge of Beth, as well as the affair with Paul. Sarah then strikes Juno in the leg with a pickaxe and leaves her to die as, rabid, as a rabid swarm of crawlers approaches. Juno is last heard screaming as Sarah escapes. And now this next part we get into sort of tricky terrain this is uh there were two different endings we i believe saw the uk ending yeah what i'll just rattle off the first the the, the first one i've got written down here, the u.s this. ending so the u.s ending yeah sarah falls on a hole and is knocked unconscious she awakens clambers up a slope covered in bones and escapes the cave after pausing to recover her strength sarah runs to her vehicle and speeds off She pulls over to the side of the road and breaks down in tears. After a truck passes her, she opens the window, leans out, and vomits. Upon re-entering the car, she sees a hallucination of Juno sitting next to her and screams. That's the end of the US film. All of that happens in the UK version, which we all saw. So yeah, Sarah wakes in the cave. Mm -hmm. She she awakens in the cave after her hallucination of escaping. Yeah. She sits up to see Jessica sitting across from her, holding a birthday cake. And throughout the film, we're sort of given these sort of visions mm. of Jessica and a birthday cake. Mm. Uh, she smiles at this. <laughs> the cake's fire is shown to good, actually good be note, her torch. The camera slowly backs out as the, as the crawlers are heard closing in on Sarah, revealing that she dreamt of her escape and that she is still trapped in the cave. Okay. I'd like to thank whoever wrote the Wikipedia uh, 
synopsis for yeah. this one. That was great. <laughs> Needless notes, but you know, that's, that's fine. That's fine. It's was good that, for the purpose. Was that all Wikipedia, was it? Or there was no, that sounded very dav. I changed it a, co- changed a couple of bits. A couple of key moments there. A couple there. of key moments. Right. Um, is, there, is there space for general comments right now? Oh, first. Uh, Absolutely. No, no. Well, okay. Well, first off, can we name all of the women? Right. Yes, I can. Because I, I'm a good so feminist. We have, so we have the main but character whose name is what? Can I ask a question? Sarah. Can yeah. anyone remember who Juno was in Greek mythology? I oh, two-faced, right? Uh, no. Who is, no. Who is Juno? I feel like it's maybe important that I she's thought called Juno, Juno. I thought Juno was a two-faced god. She's such a standout character from that, all the others. I know that Yannis really is also movie. two-faced. But right? I thought Yannis and Juno were Juno. like just the, the Greek or the... Um, Googling. Aye, Greek versus Roman <laughs> version Brief, of the same briefly, person. Briefly, no. we have our research team on it right uh, now. <laughs> Juno in Roman religion, chief goddess and female counterpart Roman. of Jupiter, closely yeah. resembling the Greek Hera, oh, shit. Uh, with whom she was identified. All right, so yeah, goddess of wisdom. Her. Is that it? Um, yeah, I think Hera's goddess to wisdom. Sure. Cool. <laughs> so what do we think about cool, that? Cool, cool, Um don't know. I'll try and name all the women now. Yeah. So we have Juno, we have... Seda, we have Holly. Becca. Mm-hmm. Becca. But you're, you're, just, you're just rhyming off names here. I don't think there's, oh, a there's no Charlotte. Where did oh, that come God. from? No, no, no I was Charlotte. thinking of Sex in the City because no. it got me thinking about other. <laughs> no, of, but there is a Samantha. Which one? Are which you? kind of girl? Is a Samantha? Um, did you already say Samantha? No, I didn't. Oh, there's a Samantha. See, I was trying to think about like how you're I was like, Samantha. what can I compare this movie to in terms of how you're such a like, female friendship. <laughs> Such a Juno. Of the Sex and the City girls, I'm a mole man. <laughs> um, oh, every time. Yeah, no, and I was just like, what other movies Every have time? Seen? What other time <laughs> could that Every apply? other time. Yeah. No, I just feel like, in every situation, I'm like, I'm the mole I'm man. I'm the mole man. I'm a bit mole man. You know? Yeah. No, no, I was what just saying? thinking of other movies that portray female friendship to compare this one to, and the only one I could come up with was the Sex and the City movies. So does this does this film fare well in that sense? Mm. I feel like it does at the start, and I was interested to see where that movie went, but then as soon as they were in the hole, it obviously became less about the like characterization and more about the plot and the mole men. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the characterization was something that they were at least like vaguely interested in in the yeah. in the first. I act. think that's true. I think we can all agree that there's a version of this film pre uh, script notes, mm-hmm. yeah, where there was much more of a sort of focus on Character. interpersonal relationships between the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah I a hundred percent agree. They were all but what very... if Molman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But what if? Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. But what if Molman? <laughs> Well, at first, I want to say as well, I didn't hate the moment. When I saw it from far oh. away and it was vague, Yeah, that's fine with me. When we got to see it closer and we could see that it was clearly a human mouth when it was like, blah, and stuff, yeah. it was just kind of like silly annoying. Yeah. and it's, annoying. It, in that sense, I think know. it does feel very much of its time. It feels mm. it feels like an early 2000s horror film yeah. to me. It, was, it really sense. reminded me of um, Mila Jojovic's Resident Evil mm-hmm. films, you know. Yeah. yeah, it was sort of a zombie film, really. Yeah. And the colour grading was very rings, I thought. Yes. Before they go into the cave. Mm. Yeah, the color grading, the ring, the color grading was off the chain. But I think some of those scenes will have been uh, reverse lit. So mm-hmm. some yeah. of those scenes will have actually been very bright, 
and then they'll have adjusted the black point and uh, and then try to apply because there's some of the very heavily red and heavily green scenes mm-hmm. the way they're shot in the film um i, I could i could be totally wrong but yeah. but they, but it seemed a lot like okay those were just bright scenes that they mm-hmm. yeah. turned down whatever the case might be with that i do think that's one of the things i enjoyed most about the film is that as soon as i noticed how they would s- sort of seem to be coloring these scenes yeah. eventually these these mm. ostensibly a film uh, mostly based underground yeah i think that they used color quite effectively mm-hmm. i mean having said that i think that then there were some no man i'm going to give this film definitely a sort of 7 8 out of 10 in terms of the color grading i know what you mean and it, it was it was quite good the way they used um color I, the way I, they I tried mean that, they, that they did anything at all with it yes yes you know? I, I do know what you mean i know what you're trying to say um and there were some really really interesting attempts at good cinematography um that were pushing it for the time that uh-huh. were really really pushing um what like cgi could do we noticed this last night watching the film there's some dodgy oh, yeah. dodgy cgi oh yeah especially with um i think i think there were, i picked up on a few when people are falling maybe oh it's awful yeah. even even when yeah. they had that first descent yes into the holly's mouth first of the cave. descent it's a yeah. it's a still image it's, yeah that they it's a real stinker it really made me wish that i was watching this on a crt it made me wish i was watching it watching reboot yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I feel like there's a good... What what could have avoided this was the when we got to that tonal pocket when we didn't know if the mole men were a hallucination or not. Yeah. I wish that had stretched out longer. So you would have been happy without the sort of action scenes almost. Yes, it's exactly, exactly. Where, the, where the mole men yeah. are fully yeah. lit and you can see that they're mole men. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I think <laughs> I don't want to see them. I don't want to see that they're mole I don't want to look at that. Yeah. It's back. set up that I mean, look, they could have been Star Nose Mole Men, which would have been even worse. But anyway, or um, better, or better maybe. Because <laughs> why were they so humanoids? Like well, it, budget for a I reckon it might have been budget. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon probably synthetic caves are very expensive to make. Probably more expensive than you think. Yeah. Yeah. More expensive than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, probably. But the thing I was going to say about the cinematography there just very quickly is that then there are some scenes that are really striking. Some beautiful chiaroscuro um, shots. Now, And those are only the ones with Sarah. So I'm thinking of the one when she, if you're watching the version that we watched, the hallucination when she escapes. I think I really like that, that yeah. the cinematography in the part when she's climbing up the mound of bones. I think yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that. She, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some really gorgeous scenes with her and those are very mm. naturally white balanced uh, so her skin tone remains the same, you know, which is what makes me think that the the, the scenes that are heavily red coloured or heavily green coloured um, uh, yeah. are, are just all uh, fixed in after effects. Sure. Um, but the, the scene I'm thinking about most um, clearly is her showdown with the female crawler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she ends up in that big vat of red porridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that, that's what scored. That's what colors her with blood for the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like um, there's a there's a Scottish, it might be Scottish, uh, a Scottish dessert that's kind of like eating mess. Uh, Is it um, Cranachan? Cranachan, yeah, Kranachan. yeah, yeah. It looks like a big bowl of Cranachan to me, but maybe that's just me. Too many raspberries from a Cranachan. Um, but yeah, once she dives in there and she comes out, there's some gorgeously lit shots. Mm-hmm. And it, watching those bits, it, they feel like they're from a different film yeah there's so many bits feel like from different movies and you picked up on something connor that the way that juno is lit is seemingly different to other characters why would they do that 
Did I just hate the actress playing Juno? Maybe you just thought the actress stood out in the film. It just, every like time she was style. on screen, it just felt like a different movie. There wasn't a lot of nuance. But strangely, I thought, that, I mean, picking up on this idea of elements of the film feeling like they're from different movies, that whole film has, I feel like there's something kind of interesting in that. I think the idea of it being a... Patchwork. I think it's a joint Scottish, British, I guess, uh american production yeah that wouldn't surprise me yeah but i think but i think it was that's why the cast is largely sort of yeah. international and that's sort of the element that i really like about this yeah. movie that the, the the world above the ground feels very different to the world below it it does yeah well right so okay so the first question was could you name the the women and i think i can name the women but i don't need to prove anything to you Okay. Um, so there it's we quite go. A mole man thing to say. <laughs> Very mole man. Uh, because I can't see you. Very <laughs> mole man energy. Um, so, but moving on uh, from that slightly, I, I have something to say about that. When we're talking about the above ground, below ground, those things being different, I have a thought about that ending. The, okay. The well, scene at the ending. God, yeah. I was going to ask about the ending. Uh, what did we? Make of it. What do we think about the sort of the old switcheroo in the version that we saw? Oh, well, I prefer the American one and the optimism of the American. Well, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's not the yeah. optimism, I suppose, Man, but the idea that she got that out with the movie that we'd seen, like she emerges from the depths of her trauma yeah. and is still traumatized, but has shown to herself that she can cope and is on her own now and is changed by the experience and escapes and we get that shot of her hand like literally coming out the earth like yep. she's been replanted <gasps> you know like Great. um yeah like that. doesn't she doesn't she play a blinder in that whole escape sequence as well she's just oh. some she's just some really weird stuff like as mm-hmm. she's climbing yep. down the mountain she sort of like goes like <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah 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 and i can imagine the director just going like fuck i didn't tell her to do that that was very good <laughs> God, keep keep that one, keep that one. That's great. They right. actually um that they were just filming her leaving the US at that point and uh, yeah, probably. got it on film. That'll and be it. Probably like, filming oh, her leaving that, the that's so so that said, film, yeah. US version. She gets out, aka she overcomes a kind of trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what yeah. do we think about the UK version having someone? not come overcoming the yeah, trauma. I mean, or at least hallucinating that they do get over the trauma. Maybe we need to look at what was going on in the UK at the time. Like, why they chose that as the Rune 5 was very big in the charts yeah. at the time. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Oh, I it really makes me wonder, I believe, was in the charts at that point. Mm. Maybe, Don't like, quote me on that. I don't know. Maybe... Killers were pretty big. Killers were pretty big. <laughs> the, the problem yeah. I have with the UK one isn't that it lacked optimism. It's that it, it didn't makes sense for the film for her to still be stuck in there because I feel like a lot of the film was saying to us like she struggled she struggled but she's going to prove herself Uh right like we were getting kind of cues towards that that but we were also getting cues that her relationship with Juno was fracturing yes um but what were you gonna say but this is when it seems notable that she you know falls into the vat of what did you call it? Kranikin. Kranikin. And comes out changed, different. She's yeah. painted yeah. red. But even though she gets the change, she's still trapped. Like, See, so that's my reading of it. Yeah, so what's I going? think she does get out. In both versions, I think she's out. Uh-huh. And I think what they're trying to say is... Um, I, I don't think that shot of her inside the cave at the end is, is meant to be taken literally. I think it's meant to be saying 
although she escapes, she takes it with her. Yeah, I was wondering I th- I if think it was something like that. I think that's a fair yeah. reading. Yeah, I think that's that's my idea is that you yeah. you don't there is no there's no escape from an experience. Or she as left, much as she it left isn't, a version of herself. In the as cave. much as it isn't a fairy yeah. tale ending in the in the mm. U.S. version anyway, because she sees this weird vision of Juno in her car. Mm. Um, but that see that seems like stupid as a as a as a final ending because then yeah, it's like it seems yeah. Do you know? Do you ever play the old Final Fantasy games? Usually, you get to the very end, and the second last boss is the the nemesis that you've been fighting the whole game, and then the very last boss. Uh, is just like I don't know, just Satan. He just sort of shows up, just like, oh, I heard that there was a big thing going on, so I thought I would just say <laughs> I hello just while I was in the area, you know. Except Final Fantasy VII because it's the best game ever made. Um, the final boss is just Sephiroth with no shirt on, which is class. Um, but no, in this, it very much was like you know she was fighting these mole people the whole time, uh-huh. and then oh, spooky Juno, and yeah. credits. That's really silly. Yeah. I mean, or is it, or does it actually make more sense? Because like, the person that, like, she's always Juno been against is Juno. Always been the threat, and there's the whole speech from Becca, like, yeah. don't trust her, beware of her. So there is some part of her, like, that's conquering Juno as well. That was a bit of the film I didn't really understand. Was like, right? Does this film pass the Bechdel test? Yeah, because so, they talk about like. There's caving. more than two lines, but they do talk about caving. They That's do. True. They talk about <laughs> they talk cave. about each other, don't they? They talk about. I'm pretty sure they talk about the good old days. Right. They talk about Becca's, or they laugh at her pajamas. They oh talk God, about that, having a hangover. That laughing that at the pajamas. Was that was so nuts. weird. But I kind of liked it. It was because... very Tommy Wiseau, wasn't it? Like it was very. <laughs> right. I think it was weird because <laughs> Your the pajamas are so ridiculous. To me, the pajamas weren't bad. Okay, that's. And Maybe I was you sitting have there. Like they I have bad. pajamas like that, so I was sitting there like. What the fuck is wrong with the pajamas? Clearly, like, the prop guy went to go get the silly pajamas, and there was none left in Matalan that day. So, yeah, and he, uh, and he came out with those from like. Let's just go to the mum section. Yeah, it's just fine. And they're it's like, fine. It's fine. You know, they they're fine. Like the two scenes, but his range is pretty good, actually. You know. Oh, here when we're on the joke, we're on the, <laughs> the subject of people laughing in this film. What did you think of the flipping joke? What? Oh, the the lemon tickle citrus. citrus. I kind of love that because I feel I'm like scout it. leader people do that, and for whatever reason, <laughs> that woman slipped into the role of like, I need to get you in the right mindset and get yeah. you out of your panicking, and I'm I need to distract you. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's very characteristic of those kind of people. Purposefully bad joke. They, I mean, it's not just the fact that, that it, toolkit. Yeah, it's not just a, that it's a joke. It's just yeah. that it's a sort of a bad joke. It's a purposefully bad joke. And I, even though the pajamas were fine, and I was like shady, I liked the laughing at the pajamas. I liked the bad joke because they were like you know texture of the characters. Yeah. Okay. It seemed to okay. just lessen and lessen as the film went on. And what I was interested in was these characters and what was right. going to happen with them. And I mean, then that, the mole people come in. That really does just get back to what we were talking about. There is a version of this film left yeah. on a cutting room floor somewhere. I think is. we're sure. largely in agreement that could this have been a good film without mole men? Oh, so, so <laughs> good. Even could James this have been a good film problem. if it was just, yeah. Could yeah. this have a good film? we didn't like about that. Mole men, no fight scenes. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. Yeah. Although, no mole men, no fight scenes, no or mole men. Lots, lots of mole men, just them like crawling around. Although, maybe, maybe give one of them a wee lick. <laughs> I don't know. They have to go to sleep at one point, and one's just like, Bleh. I don't know. 
Yeah. Also, like, if you're in a cave system and it's dark, do you know a great thing you could do in your movie? It's just if people disappear. Right. Like, you don't have to have these action scenes. Mm. The action was totally perplexing. Was, you know, why, why, where do these ice pick fight scenes come from you know was Jet Li just in the village at the time or something it was totally mental um it does seem like it was very much a product of its time like you were saying definitely, like yeah, definitely. like every you brought up something which was really interesting as we were watching the film is that this it really does suffer from like mid-2000s Angelina Jolie syndrome like there's there's just yeah. a but ton of male gazy stuff chucked in there for seemingly no reason. Yeah, like obviously because they were concerned about attracting an audience yeah. to the film that is important, which yeah. is like the young male audience. And I guess that could explain why there's like this like sort of discord between yeah. the movie as it starts and a lot of the shots we get later. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, but it seems to be all directed at Juno. It's really strange to me. Like, yeah. It's like every time the camera it goes to Juno, you, if you listen very carefully, you can hear the cameraman just, you know, heavy, heavy mouth breathing. But there. I just, feel like Juno is a male character. That's that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, no, I just mean like... <laughs> I still don't think they did it that well because like a lot of her like follies are acting with like this machismo of like i want to be the first one to bag the cave no i just left the the kit oh i dinged you when you were grieving like a lot of uh, it is like a, a translation there for a non-scottish oh sorry people. i ditched you yeah. like um, to dinghy scottish <laughs> i just feel like a lot of her behavior like is a male character like they've written this sure she, she does seem i mean granted a lot of the characters in this film don't necessarily seem particularly feminine it doesn't yeah. seem like a feminine or typically feminine thing to go spelunking in a movie yeah um i guess this, that's even more problematic because she's the only one who te- turns out to be sort of duplicitous in any kind of way hmm. yeah you know yeah no there, there's something in that i think like how she yes I don't know, isn't trustworthy and they keep coming back to that. Like there, there's something there, mm-hmm. but I'm not quite sure. See, that's what was my question about the Bechtel yeah. test was, right? It yeah. was actually was luring you all into a very clever trap. Because the thing is, although the characters seem to much be like having... Much like a mole, man. Much like... <laughs> right, you're going to stumble upon my secret identity and it's not going to end well for any of you. <laughs> um, no, uh, much like a mole, man, I've lured you into a trap and the trap is that although the characters do seem to be talking, the subtext is all about... Her dead husband. I'm going to say Peter. Peter. Yeah, 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 Peter, Peter, Peter. But within that, I tried to find a movie that I could enjoy, which was that the reason... Because the the strong relationship that we see on camera is between Sarah and Becca. Mm. Like, they're the two that are bonded... It's Becca's arm she runs to after Peter's died. They're the ones that fly out together. Becca saves her from her anxiety attack. They are like the closest net out of the lot. They kind of have a dig at Juno. They're like, why the hell are we going out here to see Juno? So when Becca finds out what, sorry, when Sarah finds out what happened to Becca and she stabs Juno, I saw it as her avenging Becca, yes. not Peter. R- right, bully for you. So I kind of was like <laughs> Tell me thinking then. that she was avenging her best friend. So then in a way, this could still be a movie about yep. female relationships. And I was like, I like that. 
Yeah, but and you would have got away for it too if it wasn't for that pesky text. Which was that she was clasping Peter's necklace when you she saw, did it or you, something. You saw me saying it before. I didn't even need to say it. <laughs> but we never see her relationship with Peter. Like, we see her relationship with Becca. So what about that text? Well, what about I, that? I, I think that this is unfortunately my issue with the film is that I, I, I feel this was written by and directed by male peeps, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. Imagine a guy with Oakleys on the back of his head <laughs> yeah. going, you know what women really like? They really like men. And you know what? Fighting over them. They would fight over them. They'd stab one in the leg for them. They'd maybe, leave maybe, behind maybe, maybe it would be me. Men. Maybe they'd be, they'd be fighting over right. me. Maybe, maybe they'd be fighting in like this jelly-like yeah. substance. <laughs> the writer's name's not yeah. Peter, is it? Like, it's Neil. <laughs> do you know... Which do is know the what, same thing as Peter, basically. Do you know the name Sorry. of the, the man that directed Die Hard? And I think wrote Die Hard as well. What's his name? John McTiernan. Fuck off, is it? (laughs) (laughs) I'll call him John McClain. He he (laughs) took off his shirt to reveal a impressive set of muscles framed by a an impressive nine tack. Yeah, (laughs) funny that men don't do the thing that like female fantasy authors do, which is like write the substitute in for themselves, but like drastically change the name. So they'll be like, okay. Rose de Fleur the third, and yeah. their name's just like Sarah McDonald. Well, that's the problem with yeah. <laughs> but they're like, oh, so me. <laughs> that's the problem the real with them. Um, it's the real me. Male authors think that they're amazing already. That's the issue. That's yeah. Why you, know, you get problem like mm. Tom Clancy, you know? <laughs> Whereas I think his protagonist. I will, hi, I will hear nothing bad against Splinter Cell on this podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> What's your protagonist's name this time, Tom? His name is Tom Clancy. <laughs> And he's amazing. There's also like the... <laughs> Clom Tansy. Carl Nobe, Obe, now scarred books, My Struggle, which I've always wanted to try reading. My it. Struggle? Yeah, he's Are you sure of that, that's what they're called? Yeah, because the, think, the actual called, Swedish actually. translation is like Mein Kampf. Holy shit. And they're these big chunky books and it's just about... Yeah, they are called that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, Lord, yeah. he called <laughs> him. Him struggling with life, but he's like quite a privileged guy living in Stockholm. And it's like, I'm interested. People say they're really good, but at the same time, it's like, dude, yeah, get over yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So look, that's my issue with the film is that I, I feel like, right, there's a, there's a phrase, um, God, I don't need, I, we might get taken off um, Apple Apple Podcasts for me saying Mein this, Kampf. No, no, no. Well, oh, God, that as well. I, Sorry. We, we don't like Nazis. Um, also, I'm going to say a wee we thing. We don't like them. Uh, another wee thing here, and it's a Scottish we don't. word. I, I just was making fun of Connor. So, I'll say it right. Do you know the phrase that rhymes with uh, bunt struck? Yeah. Uh, it would be a Scottish term. Aye. So, I feel like there's the, the male author of this wants a sort of I don't know, male equivalent of Buntstruck uh, for all of these female characters where they all seem to be like mourning the loss of this one super cool dude that was having an affair. And the most interesting thing, interesting thing about him is that he wore a turtleneck. <laughs> even in 2005. Even, uh, even his like, you know, words of wisdom was love every day. Yeah. Yeah, but then what? even... What legends. And her like... <laughs> He was just a simple man. He was a good man. He but was a good man. 
Even her dream flashbacks aren't of him, though. They're of her daughter. So true. I don't know if like they're that bunch struck. You yeah. know, she's not even dreaming of him. I suppose. So, so is there something to that, actually? The idea that, um, you know, we spend the entire film, one of the major conflicts of it is that we find out that Juno had this affair with, with, with Paul, not Peter, Paul. Um, <laughs> so Matthew, different. Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, John. Luke, John. Um, but then really the thing that clinches it at the very end, the grief that she can't let go of is the, is the is loss of her daughter. daughter. Yeah. Okay. Is okay. there something? Is there something in there? So what know. say you of that, Connor? I say of that, um, it's interesting. I I like it. I like that idea of a familial bond. Um, Although there's no, there's to be clear, there's no development of any sort of. Exactly. They only ever talk about Paul. They never talk about Jessica. They never talk about the girl. So, somebody does say uh, a wee thing about Jessica. Uh, I think I think Becca Becca mentions something about uh, Jessica at at one point, but um, I think it's just uh, somebody just says Jessica's gone. Oh, maybe that's just at the very beginning when they're still in the hospital. She says Jessica's gone, Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe that's the thing that she can never leave behind. You know, so so at the end of the film where. I maintain that she has escaped, you know, I, and I know I'm reading the text against itself, but, you know, there there, there really is nothing to confirm one way or the other. Apart from know. the sequel, obviously. Um, but. Oh, there is. Oh, no <laughs> way. We have to do it. No way. There's um, not a sequel. Uh, yeah, she made it out. Yeah. Oh, really? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> oh, you see, oh, I knew it. Brilliant. I said, okay, look, 100%. I knew there was a sequel because you had mentioned it before, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't know that it necessarily carried on. And you told me that it was a sequel only in name. So apparently I, I, I don't know much about it. I haven't seen it. I've heard that it, it basically, I think it sits in the same kind of realm as uh, the second Blair Witch film. To be honest, I'm trying to find a sort of theory angle on this thing because I just, I just, God, I love film theory. It keeps me up at night. Well, is she not over Peter because she can like at least enact something to do with that? Like she stabs Juno, but she can't really get over the death of her daughter. Because she can't do anything about it because she can't manifest that in some way. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, but what what is that? I mean, do we have a do we have she a framework for that? Do we have men? So she like killed loads of men. Then she stabbed her friend that hurt her, but she can't. There's no. Is the little girl mole man? Is the little girl a mole man? Well, if there had been a child mole man, there seems to be endless that, amounts of mole men. Then maybe she would have moved on a wee bit. To be fair, maybe we should talk Where about the, the mole, mole man. Let's talk about the mole man. How did the mole Let's do. I also wanted to talk about, um, just to like put a pin in for later, about yeah. the Irish character with our resident Holly. Irish person. Yes. Just to see how... Thank you for recognising me as Irish. Uh, it, means, it means an awful lot to me. It's more about me than you, to be honest. So that's a bit about both of us, to be honest. Yeah. But... Anyway, um, mole men. Mole men? Um, oh, wait, are we not talking about Holly? More people. Yeah, no, I'm putting a pin in that for after. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I think, yeah. Never mind. Um, the mole man thing. Uh, <laughs> You've got questions. Is it a good twist? That, what, what's the twist? The twist is that there's mole men. It's not exactly. In the cave. The twist that is that not there's exactly like M. Night an undiscovered is species. Do, do, okay, well, okay well, I'll ask this then. So do we get much of an impression of what the mole men are? What their society is? I think we do. 
You think we do? I think there's you get a, a good glimpse of the moment. I think you do. I th- I think the idea that the uh, the the sort of the the the, the, the mole woman comes after Sarah mm. when when the, the mole woman clear, clearly oh, fuck, has fuck. seen the fact that the mole man has been killed um, by Sarah. Daff, it's mole person. Yeah, Sorry, mole person. And, and Daff, I've just been watching way too much Archer. I need to stop <laughs> watching Shit. Archer. No one else likes Archer. I need to stop watching it. I like but it just fine. When you said the mole woman comes after, I just needed to say phrasing. <laughs> Freezing boom. Um, but okay, well, okay. So yeah, go on. No, tell no, me about is, tell me about moments. There is like a gendered mole person. The, there was there was this notion of are like, they the crawler you queen? You have killed. My reading of it was that you have killed my partner. You have killed someone who is significant to me, uh-huh. and I'm gonna get you for that because she was like killing her in the Krenak and like she wasn't yeah. hunting her in the regular way, which is that they hang upside down on the ceiling. She was like actively. Yeah come in after her yeah there wasn't a sense Boom. that the mole the mole man had to like you know whenever they attack it seems like they're attacking because of some kind of you yeah know, okay uh, um, threat so like territorial sure do we get do we get any sense that they're, they're more than sort of a fox or a right. badger but man badger um, man badger man I just kind no, of watch interpreted that. The, the mole person with hair as like the boss mole because it was like a boss fight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was like... Yeah, it was a kind of an arena. There was a kind of an arena kind of sense. Yeah, I get it. It was like an arena. So I just thought like, oh, that's the boss mole. <laughs> no, I think, you're to- I, I think you're totally, totally right. I don't right. know if there is any rhyme or reason to it. Just like there's no logic to a boss mm-hmm. fight really other than it makes you feel gotta good get the, gotta after get the you've boss. done it and you gotta do it the boss, and the only it's way all about get timing there. no I, I think there is a real yeah. glimpse of that there is some kind of society going on here because I think you can see that there's these different feeding areas that they True. have yeah they, all the bones are in the same place they seem True. to have yeah so then they have this sort of sacrificial pit that they've been dumping yep. blood into for mm. clearly centuries you know because there's a swimming pool of blood mm-hmm. so i mean and then it, there there's the cave painting which i think you would maintain wasn't done by the mole men but i don't know i think there is a glimpse of culture here now cards on the table i am a new materialist philosopher yeah so hit me with that so for me you're given a glimpse of of uh, a complex you know a complex society that is able to live um in in unison with the earth with with these creatures you know it's like um, any evolutionary biologist would tell you that humanity is not the peak of evolution because we haven't found a way to live in harmony with the planet yeah you know Mm -hmm. um so we have evolved poorly Mm -hmm. whereas these creatures seem to be humanoid um they they seem to be faster than uh apes they have evolved to fit their environment evolved perfectly like bats (laughs) you know um according to that, that that part of the film. Um, but they seem to have some kind of culture. It seems to be a, um, a, a reverse harem sort of situation, uh, which is called a polyandry. Um, Do you mean in terms of there being many male kind of Yeah, parts? yeah. It seems to be polyandrous, um, where there seems to be one sort of queen. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe there's plenty of females there, but so there like, seems to be one dominant. Like and what was that? Like ants, isn't it? Like ants, mm, like, like a ants, hive. Oh, no, I, w- I would think like bees, but uh, oh, that's yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I actually the first time watching the film, and the second time, I definitely had a feeling of like, what the hell gives these people any right to be? 
Yeah. Mur- like, there's literally eight billion humans on the planet. And as far as we know, there's a couple hundred of these yokes down in a pit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, surely they should be going easy on these things. Mm. I mean, obviously, if they don't make it out, then the discovery's not made. But I don't know. It just seems... I don't think you would make a film like this today. Do you think today you would make sort of the, the complex society that the more people have I think you more would at least, explicit? Or would you, would you... You would at least write in one character. There was a yeah. film like this today or like... Today? Last year. Somebody that that <laughs> underwater one with um, Kristen Stewart. Oh man! The deep divers, that. and then they find oh. that there's actually this like underwater society of like squid humanoids that are trying to kill them. Oh, they nuke because they've been digging they? in like a trench. Did it also happen in the shape of water? I guess. Oh, no, he gets away. I, in never, the end. I never saw. That's a romance film, though. What I'm saying is, Fishman gets away. What if one of them just sort of thought this small man's different? <laughs> Oh, yes. like this could have been Shape of Water. This could have been Shape of Mole. Um, this should have been Shape of Shape Mole of Man. Cave. Shape of Cave. Well, shape of weirdly red blood water. Shape yeah. of uh, red blood water. Yeah. yeah. I suppose like the original like creature from the Black Lagoon that like Shape of Water is modeled on was like a kind of um, horror. No, but it was a supposedly monster. a monster that was seen as like uh, an immigrant or somebody who wasn't native or mm-hmm. like everyone there an outsider an outsider in a sense so then in shape of water you get like a continuation of that in uh. a way so again it just brings me back to the mole people being scottish and like no one wants to fuck a scottish person <laughs> so <laughs> i just don't see it working guys i'm oh, sorry oh dear what on earth um, <laughs> I, no, I think this could have been shape of the shape of the mole man. Um, shape of the mole man. Because if Sarah, nah, Sarah needs, so I, I'm intrigued by this idea that Sarah like, needs a real man. If one character, if one, you needed one character to be sort of sympathetic. Basically, you didn't have that at all in the film. No, no, nobody pointed society. out at any point. Like, here, should we be at this? Yeah, and that really bothered me. Right. Like, you but know. they were women finding themselves, and that's some part of it. We were like showing that we can be just as good as men, so we can like wreck this place right. up. It was a wee bit. It was a wee bit aggressively third wave feminist. What, yeah. Uh, no. You know, second wave. Second that'd be fair. That'd be yeah. That'd be earlier. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Was... It was it was second wave because I made that joke. There was a bit, and I was like, ah, the moles are third wave feminism, like <laughs> because it was so second wave in terms second of like second wave. Sorry, we sorry, can be course. as strong as men. We ha, can. Ha, the we can do it. Poster. Picks. We yeah. can do it. Yeah, and it's What's like zig a zig ah. How about she just goes to a spa for her, like, grief? Do you know what I mean? Why have you got to, like, scale a mountain? Yeah. Just go for a wee yeah, it, it's, CBT session exactly, exactly. and get your nails done. It's, it's okay to be a woman. It's still very much Or, like, feminine that, things. Yes, yes. It was, it was within that vein of, you know, still having a sort of capitalist myth of progress within their activity. You know, that... It's like, it, we can just be equal if we discover this cave system conquer. then the men will like us that's a good point i hadn't thought <laughs> then about that they'll but, give yeah, us equality Juno has an implicit like an explicit kind of conquering she's you know, trying yeah. you know she's, she's like to... maybe i'll get what i'm after if i prove myself this way and yeah. we call and then no one trusts her so that i mean that's we're coming back to that i mentioned that before i think maybe that is interesting it's like the most like second wavy out of them all 
they don't really like her and they don't trust her. Do, do you know what you mean? Is yeah. It not, is it not Holly is the most second wave out of them? Because she's the one that runs ahead. and that, oh. that It does seem to be kind of weirdly, simultaneously very pro-second wave and yet also... Uh, you know, skeptical? Skeptical as yeah, well, because the, the, the more forward any of the characters are, it seems to be sort of inherently a teeny bit misogynistic. You know, yeah, lightly, no, I lightly, see what you mean. lightly like, like, What do you mean to say lightly? Nothing good can come of being... You don't stick your neck out too far, because yeah, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. a mole man will come and <laughs> rip your throat out. And there's always more mole men, you mm-hmm. know? On this tip, actually, uh, the Ro- Roger Ebert's glowing review... Of this film. Wow. Yeah. But I four, thought it four, wasn't four him that reviewed it because he was getting surgery and it was um a stand on the review. His it. name is on the his name is on the thing. I mean I can look it up for you. He signed it? It's yeah, I mean it's on rogerebert.com and I and, and I understand that they have many writers who write for Right, Roger okay, so it wasn't his him. name is on it. Oh right, okay. Yeah. I I was missing for him. He seems to um that is a terrifying picture of Roger Ebert that I've just pulled up. Um Does he look like a mole man? worse um, <laughs> this is the best portrayal of moment my people he seems he seems I've to pinpoint <laughs> neil he bias. seems there was inherent moment uh-huh. he seems to Bieber. pinpoint neil marshall's uh constant shots of like penetration okay fed from you know his movie dog soldiers which came out maybe like three of years before he did dog soldiers is there something there because I mean, but what's Dog Soldiers? Oh, I've the, never seen it. It was the biggest film in my school. It was like people just love that shit. You had to like stay up and watch Dog Soldiers, or else you just weren't. I really remember that. Boy. Maybe like because I think I would have had friends who had brothers a few years older than me, Indeed. and they would have said the same thing. Right? What was it? It's just a film about um, soldiers as camp. Uh, this like small squad of soldiers that are stranded out in the woods, and then yeah. W- they get attacked by werewolves and then it kind of goes on that zombie turn of people turning into werewolves. And mm-hmm. so, um, my point being, there's a couple, horror, there's yeah. a couple of bits in the film where Ebert seems to think that there's something to the fact that people are a lot of, uh, well, what's her name? Becca was mm-hmm. killed by Juno. Mm-hmm. She is stabbed in the neck by the climbing mm. pickaxe, I guess is what mm-hmm. you call it. I don't know what yeah. you call it. A lot of the mole men are also killed in this in the same way, and there's a fixation on the sort of the, the entry. The no, no, not the neck, but the entry of okay. that pointy thing into the into the soft flesh. Okay, okay. I'm go, so I'm, I'm going to yeah. follow this. So first it's of all. quite a visceral film. In is that there something sense. to that? So, in terms of so is that not psychosexuality? Just sure. a you know facet of them going for these like bombastic action scenes. Is that actually something well, metaphorical? Let's, let's oh, that's it, what I'm let's asking. Okay, okay. I'm asking. let's let's go Lacanian, Lacanian or Lacanian. Which one do we want to go for? <sighs> yes, please do. Right. Okay. Lacan has entered the chat. Um. So right, if we're thinking about Lacan, Lacan is in entre le chat. <laughs> no, that's the cat shit. Um. The Whatever. idea of uh, sexual power for Lacan is one where women are said to be the power um as in the the kind of um aggression and uh, longing that men have to conquer to complete comes from an inherent feeling of kind of initial almost emasculation that comes from knowing that you've been born of something that you can't be you Mm. know so so women are sexual power and um men can have power but 
can never be power, which uh-huh. is which is what explains their kind of um, being so mental all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the problem with women is that women then are, all, are constantly being oppressed by men at the same time. Now, that's all straight off the top of the dome. Last time I actually read any Lacan was during the my master's degree, which was now about seven years ago. So that's probably wrong. But if we try to take that as, let's just say, my reading of Lacan for right now and try to look at that within the film, um, you would end up with a quite an, an interesting and, and complicated um you know, psychosexuality, where you have these these vessels of power um, entering into a situation that is beyond, you know, human psychosexuality because they're entering into um, an inhuman world, an inhuman landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, so these, you know, instruments of, of what is human power are then, f- like, further being stripped down by oppression and having to kind of act in aggressive masculine ways through that kind of penetrative phallic order um in order to reassert themselves against this non-human order um what what does that ultimately amount to then does it kind of create a kind of transvestitism in the sense of you know um a character the transvestite used in the same way that laura mulvey used transvestite which was probably now like that the women are using like, these ice pick tools and like a sort of exactly, like phallic, phallic way. order that they mm-hmm. become um mm-hmm. her, her, hermaphroditic in a psychosexual sense yeah um you know is that ultimately what comes to be well i suppose if you think that sarah ultimately reaches her pinnacle of power when she is able to you know both be powerful but also enact power upon others um you know by penetrating juno as she does Mm -hmm. well ultimately what you're left with is is a way of saying that as powerful you know as being a woman as being the thing that is envied and viewed and and stared at and and that is the vestige of power but that the most powerful thing you can do is act in a masculine way Mm -hmm. you know i don't really know if it's the most satisfying thing in the world the only other thing that would possibly you know be quite interesting would be the ghost of juno that's left at the end as if to say you know which is which is the lacanian bind that he that he kind of left off with which was that like even if a man you know, if a, if a man was so driven insane with lust that he attempted to destroy a woman to, to kind of take control of that and to, to become that which they can't be, that, mm-hmm. that it wouldn't achieve anything. Um, you know, to say that Sarah's hermaphroditic in a psychosexual sense a person that she becomes in the end, that it doesn't really accomplish anything because Juno still haunts her. You know, it's kind of interesting. That being said, I don't think anybody butts their phallus in anyone's neck. I think you might be doing it wrong, Roger Ebert. I don't know about you guys. (laughs) Yeah, I always put my phallus in people's necks. (laughs) Um, I don't know. That that was me trying really hard. Well, that concludes the Canyon Corner. Thanks, Connor. I, I tried. I really tried, but I don't Are know. If, it was a valiant effort. I, 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 d- I don't know it. if there's a psychosexual it. reading of this movie. Well, I'd like the part you said about them entering this like non-human space and then behaving in a strange way hmm. because there is a lack of order. Yeah. Like, does Lacan talk about a kind of? Um, 
I don't know, like requirement for these orders and relations? Or does he talk about the fact that they've just became that way? Oh God, this is going Jordan Peterson-y. I do not like Jordan Peterson. I'm just wondering like, if the movie almost makes the case that without mm-hmm. the, these ordered sexual relations, like... Mm-hmm. Mm, bad stuff happens, <laughs> but it happens anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I, I see. I think I know where you're coming from. I think Lacan is much more like, look, this is just what we're dealing with now. Yeah, type, totes, type totes, of thing. Totes, I don't think totes. he tries to relate it to any kind of biological. Um, it, you know, it's all interlaced into this like symbolic order. Um, yeah, there's a wee bit of of sort of un, almost uncomfortably like Jungian ideas of um, you know sh- shared lineage of these thoughts, but he is much more interested in. You know, all right, okay, look, this is the way it is. What are we going to do about it? Yes. You know, like, how can we, how can this genuinely be used to help treat people that are, you know, <gasps> well, you know. I think I have touched on something, though, which is that Jordan Peterson would love this film. He'd be like, you <laughs> mm. know, the the woman, they go down there and then not supposed to be there. Of course they. Yeah, yeah, he would, he would say it in a, in a they, much more subtle way. He'd be like, look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying they shouldn't go there. But I'm look what saying, happens. Like, just like what happened when no. they do. They, they were, they were inferior to the mole men species who <laughs> evolved for there. They didn't have enough mole men-ness and so they all get murdered. That's the natural law. You see that first mole man that got, that, yeah, he had depression. That's why he died first. <laughs> Jordan Peterson, um, prick. Yeah, so it's, it's a movie where like Jordan Peterson could weave his like snake oil yeah. fascism snake, into good choice of words he's big into snake gods read his Fucking old read, read his old um, wow, really religious theory stuff uh, yeah 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 um in which case then maybe i don't like this film because of i don't know something. if it is biological determinist though i think because because as i was saying like i think there is this other order that the mole people have you know i think right. that mm-hmm. you, you're giving this glimpse into a complex you know other an, you know, a, a literal other, you know, almost a kind of um, a snapshot of like, how could humanity have gone had the situation been different, you know, mm-hmm. um, because they do seem very human and, and inhuman at the same time. Yep. Um, I think the, the kind of the failing of the film is that they don't wrestle more with the biology of the creatures themselves, uh, you know, uh, which is to say, I think it could have worked had they gone more into the biology of the creature themselves, mm-hmm. or if they had related the creatures just to someone's imagination. I know, I would, yes. I prefer I the imagination one, the yeah, yeah, yeah. one, because we've already got, like, the setup for that with somebody dealing with, like, intense trauma, mm. and... Yeah, and I think there is a sense could, that, you know, could have worked. you watch this film and you get the feeling that you know, as jarring as the presence of mole people is, mm-hmm. it's probably a metaphor for something. I know. But I, I thought it was men. Yeah. I think you might be right, to be completely honest. Even though I, there's I, a I, Queen Bee one, like, I feel like they're men. Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I think you're right. I think that, I think we're on the cusp of this. And I think the psychosexual reading of this film um, would have something to do with their being powerful women because these are men controlled by a powerful woman. You know, I think I think the idea is that Sarah does come out on top. You know, she becomes the new queen, even if she leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, she has shown that she has dominance over 
all of the mole men, over <laughs> Juno, over the mole queen. I just heard that and I was like, I didn't know that's a title. I wanted like dominance over the mole men. I'm like, want that for myself. It's the queen of Scotland. I want that for me. It's the queen of Scotland. So maybe queen of Scots. Yeah. She's Nicola Sturgeon. You know, she has she it has dominated the mole men. Um, I can't buy. I'm not Scottish, so I can't make these jokes. Um, but you know, she, so she does reach that top point and I think, but maybe that's what the end of the film is, is that, you know, ultimately, you know, what, what do you get if you manage to achieve that dominance? Well, you're, you're, you're just left haunted by your own ghosts. You've got no pals left. Uh, yeah. Cause they were either killed by mole men or by you. Yeah, totally. But like because initially the film is so much about collaboration you know as they help each uh-huh. other cross the ravine yep. and stuff like that it's so much about collaboration and it, and they're so against egoism you know uh, you yeah. know they, they constantly ask yeah, yeah, yeah. you know is this um spelunking or is this an ego trip mm-hmm. and yet at, at, you know at towards the end of the film it seems to be that well it's kind of every human for themselves mm-hmm. and they don't care about the ecosystem they don't care about each other you know even when she says i'm not leaving here without sarah it's because of her own guilt totally you know, she, and she that's not wanna, really yeah yeah that's not a good motivation she doesn't want to abandon sarah um one of the only selfless people in the film is the the sam um, who yeah. whose neck gets ripped out, but then she kills one of them with like a pen knife. She's also the one who has her hands. Is I think the same one. I think, her, I think it's her mate has the hand. Right. The Dutch one. I think, but has Sam's the hand. doctor. Yeah. Yes, and she. So she's the one who actually like sacrifices herself just to take out one mole man, which is a really perplexing scene to me. It's like, oh, thanks, you killed like one of these like hundreds of mole men, like. <laughs> Cheers, I guess. Um, and she doesn't. And even we kill could it. we could have really done with you around, yep. given you're the only like medical professional yeah, that we have just, in our team. Maybe don't maybe. like. Is she, is she also the one that gives a sort of like brief read off of like the biology? Well, of yeah, their she says yeah. Well, like bats, like bats. That's great. I just wanted one character. She's a doctor, you know. Um, <laughs> but lovely. yeah, so I think with the, the, the sort of the, you know, you have this egoism seems to creep in towards the end, but ultimately it seems to be self defeating. I think the film is kind of inherently misogynistic at the end because it seems to be saying there's no reward for anyone who tries to climb to the top when they're women. I don't know. Look, that's my uh-huh. that's my two cents. I think that the moment are men because and they're gonna win. Like. The women, yeah, they in this ha- film, which I, which is why I disagree with it. You they know, have yeah. their mm-hmm. like society. They have their bonds to one another. They go down there. They're surrounded. They're cornered. The mole men also have built the structure of everything. Mm. And then it did remind me of like being a teenager in like a dark nightclub when like your friends winching a mole man, winching meaning to kiss. Like you're which winch- I learned this evening. You're winching a mole man, and then you're like, oh my god. No, not and the you have mole to like man. knock it out, and then grab your friend and knock their mole man out, and like run into See, the next cave. Exactly, that's so, what being a woman in a nightclub is like. So then, did I've it not seem this. totally insane you know? that Sarah would kill Juno or leave Juno for dead because that just wouldn't happen? Like, I, I'm sorry, you don't but, leave you know, your friend behind in the you club. Don't unless you're steaming and. <laughs> I don't know if Sarah. Sarah is a, sen- a wee bit sense, off Sarah for rocket. Steaming. She was because she. <laughs> in a sense, Sarah was demon. Ever since she went into that mad. pool of bloods, ever since she came back she up, came, and sort after of went coming to the out, queen. after a few shots out that pool of blood, she was like <laughs> wrecked, and I think that's why she did what she did. She um, was just high off the power. I don't know. I think there was once a great, um, a great wee TED talk done on. Um, 
taking a kid to see Star Wars versus taking a kid to see uh, Frozen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was Tangled, actually, but basically the sort of the female-led Disney films. And it was... um, The problem with taking a kid to see Star Wars these days is that the lessons it teaches are just totally useless. Mm -hmm. You know, to to succeed in a Star Wars film, first of all, you need to be born a Skywalker. Yeah. You know, and if you're not born a Skywalker or a Palpatine or whatever... Um, you don't. You you're just, not bound for greatness. You're not bound. Ba- yeah, you're not destined yeah. for greatness. So mm-hmm. sort of fuck you. You're kind of surplus requirement in the mm-hmm. Star Wars universe. Um, the next thing is, you know, the way to solve a problem in the Star Wars universe is with aggression. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so you mm-hmm. need to use a blaster. You need to use a lightsaber. Or you need to use your force powers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not. You know, you're not talking your way to a solution in Star Wars. In the Disney films the newer ones, they seem to have an ability to talk their way to a solution. You know, there seems to mm-hmm. be an attempt at problem solving beyond violence. And it's also about coming back to your own roots and your own yeah. family as opposed to like destroying someone else's. Right. And right. violence so, is something that people enact when they don't understand. What's I, I feel like this film needed, you know, because you were going to ask, I know you were going to ask us earlier, you know, what would we do to correct this film? Yeah. And I, I, try not to criticize films unless i can think of a solution and for me the solution to this film was when the two main women are looking at each other instead of stab leg then reveal necklace i think it had to be raise ice pick reveal necklace juno says i know i'm sorry and then you know um sarah simply says well in a better way than this look i'm not a scriptwriter. it takes two to tango um, I don't. I'm not really mad about you and uh, Paul. I'm mad that I don't have my daughter anymore. Um, do you know? You know, I'm sorry. I'll always be in your debt. Let's make it through this together. And then they do, and they make it out together, and then you have actually mm. achieved something. And maybe it's a bit hackneyed, but it shows that you know the strength of humanity is collaboration. But because like the moment. What Sarah did didn't make sense, right? Then I was like, she's avenging her best friend. And I could see something in that. Hmm. Because it was a a recent... hmm? Hoops out. Hoops out. Yeah, it was a recent thing. Like, her best friend had literally just died. She just had to... She just had to murder her best friend because Juno had, like, left her for dead. And she, she was like, please kill me. And that's a way more active role in that loss Mm. she was the one that had to knock back out because of what juno did Mm -hmm. so all that rage and anger of like the position you put me in Mm. is coursing through her and also she's like i've just lost my best friend like that lemon joke was hilarious Mm. like i'm never (laughs) never gonna hear humor like that again right you know Happy raging, like all the laughs have died now that so Beck has gone. What do we so, think in so conclusion? Yeah, so what do we think in conclusion, guys? Like, I think this film has good, actually got a lot to talk good. about. I think I'm I'm surprised. I I think I think I was always aware of some artfulness to this film, and I think there is definitely some in there. We've we've reviewed worse, or you know, we've chatted about worse, definitely for sure. Yeah, I'm glad. I think after we came away from watching the the first time, Connor, yeah, I was like. Is this dark why encounter? Why did I? Why did? Is this just dark encounter all over again? <laughs> but no, I, I I knew I had a hunch about this film. I thought there was something interesting about it. And I think we managed to highlight quite a few things. Yeah. That were interesting on a about scale it. of dark encounter to host, 
Where is this? Which I was absent for. Oh, which we'll I never know. talk about. I don't. I want to talk about why Have I was absent. Still not seen it. No. Nope. Oh, you got to watch Host. Mm. It was so good. Uh, on a scale of Dark Encounter to uh, I don't know what was another one we loved. Um, Fuck, I can't. Babadook. Remember. Babadook. Where is well, this? We haven't done Babadook. We have, yeah, we did. We definitely did mm-hmm. Babadook. Yeah, yeah. Did we? Did I don't think we did. We did it with Matt. Were you absent? Were you absent or were no, you No, I was there. I was there for the one with Matt. Yeah. Just drunk. Just oh, just passed me by that one. Just mole man. Just, just mole man. <laughs> pure can't mole even man. see what's right in front of you. Anyway. I, I, think, I think this is a solid six and a half out of ten. Same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I reckon. It's fun. And be I a different really thing if it was made it. today, perhaps, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. But for the time, if you think of the sort of horror landscape at that time, I think it's just a frustrating this country. film. How it's would a frustrating you film because you could fix it. How would I fix it? <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done the mole man thing at all. Yeah, to be I don't honest. think I would. Do I that. probably would have had this just be a film about people who go spelunking and then it goes horribly wrong. What about just the one little like glimpse or the noises? Like, would you even do that? Or what do you mean when they sort of hear? the chattering of the mole men before they see them and then when Sarah like sees one at a distance yeah would you do that or would you just do no mole I don't know like maybe but it wouldn't be oh I don't know maybe it wouldn't be a main part of the film maybe it would be Mm -hmm. I would be more interested in seeing how that would affect the relationships between the exactly the characters yeah Yeah, because everyone's saying Sarah like just get over should it. We You're cut, Sarah's hallucinating. Should we cut her loose? That's we? so good because yeah. that connects up with the like Juno's themes, yeah. intention, which is like think, anything you've picked up on with your yeah. senses, just get over your making it up because yeah. she would have like, you know, stock in that with wanting exactly. her to not know. I'm as guilty affair. of anyone as being distracted by the mole men because I was the one who told you, Connor, that. This about movie's moment. about Mormon. Yeah. But I maybe, didn't realise it was actually about people. Maybe we're falling into a trap by just focusing trap. on the Mormon and, and continuing the conversation about men. It's not about When we should be talking about the women. Yeah. The, not the, the just woman. the Mormon. You know, it's not all about the Mormon. Well, on that note, I believe that is probably time. Oh, sure. it's beyond time. Oh, God. This okay. is the longest episode we've ever done. Grand. We've done well, like a second thanks for, yeah, Thanks, y'all, for joining us for another episode next thank you so much hope you're um, still listening i know that people do listen to this whole, whole really thing. yeah 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 Thanks that for surprises that. me that's really good of you mm. thank you reach out to us on twitter if you want please do reach out yeah. to us on come twitter. suddenly very active on twitter we're tweeting so. um we tweet now we tweet but we don't really like extra twitter tweets. as a whole but we gotta talk to you all like you know we gotta keep in touch we gotta keep in touch and that's yeah, it so don't forget to like and subscribe or if you're watching us if you're listening to us on youtube uh subscribe on apple Podcasts. again yeah, make us make a suggestion make if there's a, a movie you want us to give talk us about. a rating i have yeah. i'm told by other podcasters that that's an important thing so okay, rate us yeah. rate us rate us five why not yeah do it have a nice night we love you keep Bye. on spoken in the free world <laughs> <laughs>